Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm old Huckleberry. You know, an integral part of the war. I mean, I'm Alex. This movie's stupid. <laughs> Trick or treat, it's Britain. Get, <laughs> g- give me your candy now. <laughs> we promise this time it's actually Halloween. <laughs> it is. Oh, happy Halloween, guys. Britain, um, can you say your favorite Halloween candy? But can it be? Can you make up a fictional candy? For sure, I like I like um, Sotheby's uh, gummy tanks. Mm mm mm. I tell you, I don't mind the overfunding of these. <laughs> <laughs> Sotheby's gummy tanks. And we're off with a banger, gentlemen. <laughs> that bit went so much better than I thought it would. Same. <laughs> Yeah, we have reached it the long, the long road. We've reached the long, the end of the long hallway, Mm -hmm. my friends. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. Did you guys like how in the movie they consistently failed to get that chant going? (laughs) (laughs) You kept having smattering of ADR saying it, and rarely could they actually get the the crowds like, no, that's not, that's not. What What? are we together? What? Look, Britain, at a certain point, I was going, you know, they're more likely to just get get into a huge uproar and start start chanting uh, 40 years ago before they were going to say <laughs> evil dies. <tonight." laughs> 40 years ago. Hey, what's this um, movie we're talking about to get yeah, we're, this whole thing? We're talking about Halloween kills. Oh, no. Yep. Uh, what are what are the things, Alex? Halloween kills. I'm sure there's all sorts of puns about how this kills the franchise or it kills uh, everyone's investment. Or I saw the headline of one review that said Halloween does not ki- Halloween doesn't kill but merely wounds. Sure. Yeah, I felt yeah. like it kind of killed. Halloween <laughs> kills misses the mark at the box office. Or... Right, right, right. Yeah, it made money. Anyways. Um, it probably is doing fine. And they've already greenlighted, greenlit the third one. So you know what? You do you. Halloween DGG. Kills from 2021, directed by David Gordon Green. It has a 39% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 68% audience score. All right, all three of us need to go on and give it a positive review. Bump it up to 69. <laughs> Let's it do was it. when I w- literally I started watching it. And it was at sixty nine percent. The ne- I picked it up as the second time to finish watching it, and it was at sixty eight. <laughs> uh, we should also like, clarify. Oh, no. um, today's podcast is brought to you by Joseph, who yes. helped us to see uh, yeah. Halloween Kills through uh, letting us use his Peacock Premium account. Joseph, we would like to thank you because I didn't have to give this movie my money. Yeah, uh, I-, I think. It'll be interesting because Tyler and I watched it together with a very unique experience of we got about <laughs> 75 minutes into the movie, then went to go see No Time to Die, then came back and watched the last half hour of this movie. And I, 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 I remember saying to Tyler, you know, I would have been very, very angry if I actually was in the theater to see this. <laughs> We it also was playing in the theater across from us, um, <laughs> right? And because it is like half the time in No Time to Die, 
uh, <laughs> hit uh, was over by the time we got out, but I was really hoping it wouldn't be so we could just be like, hey, can we pop in for the last 15 minutes? Not yeah, really. Um, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Britton, I know you've been here for a while now. You've been kind of just out of sync with the Halloween franchise. You haven't really liked many of them at yeah. all. Yeah. I, I think I've finally hit that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The struggle. Um, <clears throat> the struggle. I can go first with, with best and worst thing. Take it. Because, like, I, I, I feel like everyone is, is you know, they're they're bashing the movie like they're on they're all over it and you got the red letter media video about it you got uh i don't know like twitter has been all over this and and talking about trash and then like is the movie bad yes (laughs) end of sentence Um, you should you you can find us on twitter you can find us on twitter oh no that was the bit that was is the movie bad Um, yes Britain, what's your best in worst? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it. I I think my my best thing about it. I don't remember even if no, I did not say this last time. My best thing about it this time is probably the score, sure. um, which I think is still solid. I agree. Um, I said that last time. <laughs> yes, uh, so I'm stealing that from you. Um, it, it's fine <laughs> like i yeah. think there there are some cool renditions of the theme in it um uh continues to be kind of creative because this is still john carpenter doing all the music he's working with some people i don't know yeah john carpenter um, his son and i think one other person yeah okay yeah um and you can tell you can tell that there's like a lot of thought put into the the the, the score is trying to drag the movie into sort of like having dramatic weight and having an impact and, and being an emotional experience. Um, my, my worst thing is, I think my worst thing is how much this movie fails to build at all upon Halloween 2018. Um, Cause I think 2018 sets you up in an interesting spot. Um, you know, we, we have the, vague is michael myers dead clearly he's not because they announced they greenlit two more sequels after that movie came out um so you don't necessarily have to maintain that uh pretense very long but uh, we talked about how much we enjoyed establishing um jamie lee curtis and and laurie strode back as a character um having them be someone who's very filled with trauma and continuing to build their lives around trying to stop michael myers um, we talked about in the last episode how much we wish that movie focused even more on her and her family dynamic. Um, this movie does relegate her to to basically giving a lot of spiels and monologues um, without ever really accomplishing anything. She gets like taken out for half the movie because of the knife wounds she sustains at the end of the last one. Um, Which I don't even remember her getting. Yeah, it, it didn't seem to be played up as something that was super serious in the last one and alex you had theorized this that maybe it is just that they did not jamie the curse did not want to do that much yeah but she also seems to be pretty into the movie and the and the creative process for this movie uh in interviews and things from what i've seen 
so I, I don't know if that's it. I it's it's strange, and it it really feels like ultimately this movie is stalling because they have some cool ideas for the third the third the Halloween ends and don't know how to get there or that or it is a what it probably is and what we'll probably reflect back on when we hit Halloween ends um is a back to the future two and three or a Pirates of the Caribbean um uh at world's end and whatever the other one is that was made at the same time dead man's chest dead man's chest there we go it it, it or the matrix reloaded in revolutions yeah that's maybe the best best example of all um it's probably one of those cases where they made the first one they're like oh crap they made a lot of money we got to make follow-ups to this let's do a couple together so that it feels like a big saga uh across these three movies but the second two end up feeling way more connected and have way more resonation than the first one i bet that's what is going to end up happening here um because this just feels so disconnected and introduces so many ideas um and we'll dive into all of that but like it feels like we're doing another reboot uh yeah i mean it feels a lot like uh and alex i think we were talking about this some it feels a lot like what happens many times in this franchise where you have a successful movie or a movie that at least that we like and then they follow that up with something that is uh scrambling to figure out how to um satisfactorily uh continue that story um so like with halloween and halloween 2 with halloween 4 and halloween 5 the kurt return of michael (laughs) five is the revenge four is the return ah okay there we go um and then halloween rob zombie and halloween to rob zombie like they they all have this very uh clear sign of not being an organic thing of being something that is very much smashed onto the end of a movie that maybe wasn't even necessarily good to begin with in the case of the rob zombie halloween but um they're all very much like this this vestigial growth (laughs) coming out of the, the first one that does not at all feel like it's it was part of the plan um so yeah <laughs> in the, I, I was it, this franchise has i don't think managed to in the various continuities it started it hasn't managed to sustain it for more than two movies at a time yeah. maybe even one like it keeps stumbling which kind of goes back to my theory of maybe the first one didn't need a sequel at all maybe this isn't yeah. a franchise and it, i think everybody would agree with that i don't think yeah, that's yeah. Like a... sure a hot take um so my best and worst my best thing is probably that Will Patton didn't die, so we got to a little more from Will Patton. Sure. Good to see he got, him. He got stabbed pretty good, though. I'm oh, not, yeah. not sure I'd <laughs> buy that, but this movie's oh, no. already... It's already just... It, it's scraping the bottom of the barrel in terms of intelligence anyway, so... Yeah, yeah I don't I don't mind it too much. But, and, and I like... I, I didn't hate... Okay. I liked Anthony Michael Hall's performance. 90% of what he had to do was really stupid. Um, yep. I... My worst thing is how hard it was for me to suspend my disbelief that these characters are inept as they are. Um, we've talked on this show before about how, you know, it's very easy when you're watching a movie to be like, well, I wouldn't, well, I know exactly how I would do it, and it's not like this. 
Um, and of course, we can all watch a horror movie and think the characters are doing the wrong thing because we have literally a different angle on it. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to play that that card, but it does. There, there's specifically a scene that we'll crack into later for uh, economy of time now, but where Michael assaults three people who are in a car, and it is like <laughs> frustrating to watch. Yeah. It, that that scene ends with my jaw dropping and not in a like whoa they pulled it off that's so cool in a like movie are you movie did you do that movie really i think i think whoa is the right the the right the right feeling sure but it's not it's not a like um (laughs) uh uh like i don't know i feel like snowpiercer probably had some moments where i'm like whoa or like in game or something but but it's also like It's also not like the understated, classy Keanu Reeves. Whoa. (laughs) Right, right. So that, yeah. It's like, whoa, dude, you wrecked my car. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we'll we'll crack into that scene. But there are so many points in this movie where people are inept, not in the sense that they're overcome with fear or it's human error. It's, It's like, no, that, how, how, how did you, you see Michael Myers and you just shoot the headlights. What is going on? Um, yeah, it just, it really, it's a big theme of the movie in a way that I didn't, yeah, it was wild. It was wild. Alex? Um, My best thing is going to be the flashback sequences back to 1978. Mm. And it's not even so much like a story level kind of enjoyment. I appreciate kind of that we get more of uh, uh, the backstory of, of the officer, Will Patton's character. Um, even though he's, he gets almost nothing to do in this movie. So it feels very redundant to add in that stuff aside from, well, people were confused in the last movie that we said, you know, we had this huge plot point that Michael gets arrested right after the events of the original film. And we didn't show that. So maybe we should show that. Uh, and I like how that, that, you know, they try to do some thematic stuff with him kind of accidentally shooting his partner and then kind of covering that up and, it doesn't ultimately lead to anything, but I liked that they were trying, um, which seems to be a, a common element among the this one and the 2018 one of like, A for effort, you tried. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you but have ideas. I, the, the thing that I, I particularly like about those sequences is it feels like it's, it's from 1978. Like the way sure. those are shot. And, you know, most of the time when I see something that's trying to be retro or, you know, it, it seems like they're just putting some kind of After Effects filter on it. Like it doesn't it doesn't match with what was originally done. And this, I almost feel like nicks the whole we're doing something 40 years later. Just do a, another direct sequel to the original and yeah. set it in the 80s and just like have it in that style. Let's let's see what we can do with more more modern sensibilities. I don't know that that. That whole sequence, yeah. I was just on a technical level. I was it, amazed. It's it's like uh, a lot of the times um, comic books, uh, not to always make this about comic books, but also to make this about comic books. Um, a lot of the time they'll try and do like flashback callbacks to the halcyon days of the 60s and 70s. And they'll do comic books in a way that looks the way that like clip art of comic book things <laughs> look like where it's like everything's filled in by by dots like big dots right um and it just doesn't look the same as like if you actually picked up a comic book from from that era um yeah. 
yeah, you, usually they get things like that wrong. Usually it's it's hard to recreate that feeling, and it's probably infinitely more difficult to recreate that feeling in a in a film setting. So, sure. um, yeah, I agree. It's it's like oh, this feels authentic. Like this, yeah. you actually got this instead of aiming for something that would make you think of that era. Um, if and you just told kind me, of hoping you were close. If you told me that it was deleted footage from like Halloween two, I would yeah. I would believe you. Well, like the, the they have a guy in there dressed as Loomis. Like mm-hmm. one, they don't overdo that, which is good. Yes, right. But they also, don't they don't pull a Tarkin, <laughs> right? But also, the guy looks like Loomis. Right. Um, I looked him up. He's just like an art director. He's like a construction coordinator on like a ton of movies. And I think they must have been looking at him like you kind of look like Donald Pleasance. Yeah. And but like he only has a couple of lines. It works. We never get too close, but we get close. It, it, it works really well. They don't ever do it. Right. That was like the only time that the movie came nearly close to generating some kind of, not fear, but like atmosphere and anticipation sure. and tension. Sure, sure. Just because, oh, I feel like John Carpenter actually maybe shot some of this. Like it feels like that, like the camera movements right. and everything. It feels like it's very in that vein, which I... I just completely appreciate it. And that's not to say that the, the, um, you know, the modern day stuff in the film isn't well shot either. It's just sensibilities of the day. It doesn't look like that anymore, which I'm not expecting it to. I just don't show me that and then have the rest of the movie. (laughs) Give me that as the movie. (laughs) Right. Yeah. My worst thing is going to be that the film, you know, Tyler, to your point, it's not about the Strodes. It, it, it's not really about anybody. It's like it's, trying to yeah. be an ensemble piece that's not really doing it. Right. And yeah. I do think it's interesting having the idea of kind of the angry mob. And, you know, Tyler, I, I talked about this when we watched it. If the thematic idea is that this evil that emanates from Michael has kind of spread and physically manifested itself across the town in terms of this angry mob just looking for justice and you know they they really just want blood no matter from who um so i thought that is a a thematic idea is really interesting and i think that's a good way to escalate things the problem is we don't do anything with that it ultimately doesn't matter because they just beat up michael at the end of the movie no questions asked and then of course he kills them all like it's just really stupid um, we can talk about the the escaped mental patient and and all of that stuff because I actually thought that was one of the more effective scenes in the film, even though it you know every, yeah. once again everyone is super inept. Uh, but yeah, the all three Strodes get lost in the shuffle. Um, Lori is just kind of in bed for the whole movie. Karen's just kind of standing there going, "Mom, I'm not gonna let you leave." And then at the end, she you think she's she's kind of gotten the upper hand and maybe she's learned a thing or two. And then because we need a cliffhanger, Michael teleports and stabs her in his house and yeah. it's it's t- that ending talk about whoa that that was like yeah. my my <laughs> my jaw was dropped to the floor in terms of like art britain like like you were saying like are you did you really just pull that like yeah did you she, think you could she, get away with that <laughs> she sees mike she sees like the ghost of kid michael in the clown outfit yeah <clears throat> goes up there so i'm thinking now karen's evil and then michael starts stabbing her and goes up there past uh, her daughter sitting on the stairs. Right. Through what seems to be not not so much that it's the only door in the house. There may be another door into the Myers home. Um, well, Michael, stairs, Michael does. 
um, in the original film, he does enter the house through the back. Okay. In the opening but, scene. But he still has to go up the stairs to get there. There's stairs directly behind. I know Michael can be stealthy, um, <laughs> but it's a little... Yeah. Look, Allison was in pain. Her leg is broken. She's just kind of howling in, in pain in the corner, and she just didn't see him. It's fine. She, <laughs> also, she, she um, lost she lost Big John and Little John. She's at sea. <laughs> also, uh... <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> Reviews are in for Halloween Kills. Critics are saying, talk about whoa. <laughs> <laughs> My jaw dropped. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then Allison is just she goes on like a fetch quest with Lonnie <laughs> and and her her boyfriend ex boyfriend. They uh, wrap that up real fast. Yes. Um, and then you know she just like they're all dispatched fairly quick. Like it's just all terrible. It's so terribly done. And this almost feels like, <laughs> in a weird way, like Force Awakens into Last Jedi in terms of kind of discounting. Oh hey, people like these three central characters. Let's see them interact more in the next movie. But Last Jedi, I feel like, actually tries to have a point with separating them. We can argue about the the merits of that or not. This one has got nothing. It's just like, well, uh, angry mob. It's fine. <laughs> like Last Jedi, in that case, separates them and then focuses on what each of those characters are up to, right? As opposed to this being. We now kind of, like I, I it feels like uh, Anthony Michael Hall's character is the main character if anybody yeah. is like he is the Ned Stark of this ensemble <laughs> uh, more than anyone so uh, yeah it's odd yeah. well Allison and all the commotion with Michael Myers all seven of my chickens ran away if you can find all seven of them and bring them back to their pen I'll give you some rupees. And, and and I'll give you the key to the old Myers house. Yeah. But remember, they'll hear you, so you'll have to hold down R3 to crouch. You know how to crouch. In the tall grass. In the tall grass. <laughs> but it, it uh. does feel like this movie learned all the wrong lessons from Halloween 2018. And, you know, you can throw out the defense of, oh, there's one more coming. I don't care. I hated this movie. So I, yeah. I'm not I'm not excited for the next one. I'm sorry. You have to make a good movie in order for me to be excited about sequels. Like, that's just the, the name of the game. I don't uh, know. Episode 10 of Star Wars. <laughs> I seriously could not say if I would actually pay to see that in the theater. <laughs> um, who knows? Uh, but the fact, like, the thing that works about that what first movie. What if I movie, told you it was directed by David Gordon Green? Yeah, a lot of drug jokes. I think they would have to pay me to see that. Fair. <laughs> but uh, What the, if I told best... you it was directed by David Gorda Green and it looked like the original Star Wars? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. I'll, I'll pay double for that. <laughs> and there was sure. Big Greedo and Little Greedo. <laughs> and there's Big Greedo. <laughs> <laughs> there's also Big Jabba. They just call him Jabba. Anyways... <laughs> The best thing about Halloween 2018 was the the three generations of Strode overcoming this evil threat. So just to just, I don't know, to, to make that not the focus of, of the rest of the films just seems very counterintuitive, yeah. counterintuitive and lame to me. Um, and the, the movie just, I don't know what it's trying to say. Mob violence is bad, except when you get 
to the third act and they finally catch up with Michael Myers? Like, I don't, I don't know what it's trying to say. That was something that I, I definitely, so, so the whole mob thing was rubbing me the wrong way for a while because I was like, this smacks a lot of pro vigilante justice, pro militia, like, I don't know, I'm kind of uncomfortable with this, guys. But then by the but then we see that it results in the death of someone innocent. So I was like, oh, okay, okay, cool. This is like an anti. But then, like you said, at the end, but, however, at the end, and this is one of those things in, in fiction, I understand why that would happen. And I think it's somewhat justified of like, the police have repeatedly failed to take down this one person. This movie, these movies haven't committed as much to the supernatural thing. So, like, ostensibly, he is a same mortal guy. We can all get in there and beat him up if we all hit him just once and then step back and wait our turn again. Yeah, yeah. Then we can take him down. So, it, I agree. It, it it was this weird. It just felt weird to me that that whole arc felt felt strange. Yeah. Yeah. One of the talking of the inept. Oh, sorry, Alex. If you had more to to go on. My only other thing was just, like I said, it's learning all the wrong lessons and we can get into the kind of humor setups, making quirky characters just to have them killed off because that is once again something that is that was done in Halloween 2018 that we talked about that is just amplified in this. Yeah. And it it doesn't work like at all. (laughs) Yeah, but 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 she's actually a doctor and he's actually a nurse. So they dress in the other costume. It's it's funny. It subverts your expectations, like Jamie Lannister. <laughs> um, look, who, who look, is Britain, great. Britain. Poe Dameron. As we established, and I think this very much applies to the Halloween franchise, growth is not linear. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, one of the, talking of the ineptitude. Halloween franchise grows like a fungus. <laughs> <laughs> Just out. I, I, um... I, I found okay, so there are two scenes in this movie where Michael is surrounded by people who are very well armed, well outnumber him, and in both cases he kills them all. And part of the first time is a bunch of firemen. And then I think the firemen failed because they clearly went to the school of martial arts movie villains where they well outnumber him, but they'll all just stand back and take turns attacking him one at a time to show off their individual skills. Sure, um, the choreography looks better that way, Britain. Yeah. In in a martial arts movie? I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying uh, this is not a martial arts movie? Not well, what is a martial arts movie? Uh Halloween well, Resurrection is a martial arts. <laughs> I was, about, arts I was film. about to say, if Buster Rhymes was in this movie, then yes. you know, maybe we Cr- could consider Why did they not bring I realize that like Halloween Resurrection is not even slightly canon to this, but they should bring Buster Rhymes back. Thank you. Okay, if Cr- Daniel Crouchy Harrison, Meyer, if Crouchy Daniel Meyer's Harrison, Buster, Buster Rhymes, if both of them were at the bar, just hanging out with the nurse and, and Tommy and Lindsay, like yeah. I would not have questioned it. Yeah, no, that would have been great. With it. I but but in the second time, it's when the militia have surrounded him, and they're okay. And, and this is another thing I thought I had when we were doing Game of Thrones, and we talked about the Long Night. I I was talking about how. There are a lot of scenes where things seem to be taking a long time, and how are that character surviving, and blah blah blah. But the thing, and I, my defense for that was, it, it was not. I, I thought that a lot of those times, 
the directors were slowing down the action to create tension, to create dramatic effect. They were not slowing down the action, but slowing down the presentation of the action. And, but it's not that the characters are actually taking this long time for the, to do these things. It was just, we are taking our time to, to depict it. But in this movie, it often felt like the characters were just taking a long time to make a decision. Especially in that last standoff where they're all just surrounding Michael and it was like, okay, are we, okay, can't, all right, okay. And then they would go, and they do kind of beat him down, but then Brackett, the sheriff, goes up and he's like, I'm, I'm gonna wreck it. And he holds out his gun very slowly and it takes a while and then Michael slashes him. And then suddenly Michael is able to dispatch everybody yeah. and kill everybody, despite him constantly being outnumbered. And again, I understand dramatic presentation and dynamism and we got to have a sequel and blah, blah, blah. But there were so many points in that scene where I was like, there is an obvious, e even if he still survives, why are they not all just piling on him? Why didn't they all just surround him and just beat him with all of their different bludgeoning type weapons? And just shoot yeah. him in the head. Like, I, I don't, it was, it was, that, all of that really frustrated me because it felt like it wasn't doing a good job of building tension. It was just like, why are these humans not doing the obvious thing when they have the upper hand? Chop off his head. Right. Like, there are so many ways this could be going differently. I understand why it can't go that way, but you need to create a different reason for it to not go that way. Yeah. No, for I, me. I, I know I 100% agree that that whole sequence was bothering me, especially when they're just standing there like, Karen, you, you go take care of your daughter. We've got this. And I'm just like, okay, now, okay, the movie, you're all dead. I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. And you also don't uh, got it. <laughs> you very I, much do not got it. I don't, I don't know why we keep making Game of Thrones comparisons here because we're not helping our cause of Game of Thrones season eight is fine, actually. Um, but uh by comparing it to halloween kills look but, i tried to diversify i brought up last jedi you did bring bring up last jedi again not helping not helping the <laughs> cause here um but in game of thrones uh very uh famous scene where um oberon martell is is battling the mountain and takes him down and has him like pinned down but is demanding a confession from the mountain about killing his family uh, and does not confirm the kill because of this, because he doesn't want him dead yet. Cause he, he wants him to say the thing and then the mountain turns the battle around. Um, that's so effective because that is playing off a character flaw of yeah. not uh, of being too cocky and being too, not even flaw necessarily, I guess, but like it's playing off of that's, that's what this character has been established here for they showed up yeah. earlier in that season because that's explicitly the revenge they were trying to get and it makes total sense that that character would be blinded by their their uh, desire to to get that comeuppance and have that that justice kind of dealt out um this has so many characters where there is no reason for them not to just attempt to confirm the kill right right um the the biggest one for me i think is is when karen uh, judy greer uh she she stabs michael in the back with a pitchfork right before he can kill uh yeah Allison. which i kind of i kind of like that moment. yes good it's almost a setup and payoff that pitchfork shows up way earlier in the movie and i was demanding yeah. for it to be used on somebody and it was and that was good but she stabs him and he goes to the ground and then 
like he falls on the staircase and then she just like tells Allison to back away. And I'm like, no, keep, keep stabbing. Don't, yeah. don't stop. Don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Attempt to sever his head from his body with right. the pitchfork. And it, it's like you're saying, Britain, like it's, it, it's easy to look at that as a viewer and be like, oh, well, I would never do that if I was in that situation. But there's a point where you are creating excuses for right the character to continue like for or at least for you to not have to address what happens if if they attempt to kill the character yeah totally um yeah and i also think that a lot of humans in that uh, uh scenario would actually keep stabbing him after he was dead yes. it would be the frantic over overdoing of it yes yeah yeah isn't that one thing that the Rob Zombie film actually got right? Isn't that like the the end of that first film? Isn't doesn't Laurie just have the gun and she just unloads into his head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he survives, which is fine. Like if that's what you want to do, right, then right, you can do it that way. You can have him be horribly mutilated and still be like, nope, I'm Michael Myers, definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. supernatural. You're gonna die now. Like that. That's effective. If if they if you establish like they did everything they were supposed to do and he still is not going down then you're like right. oh god how are they going to stop this guy like that's right. that's an angle you can take yeah um but if you if you're so afraid to write yourself in a corner of him maybe you maybe you still want to keep him as a, an actual human although th- that doesn't really jive with like him getting out of the house fine or yeah. when it's on fire at the beginning of the movie or um him getting beaten up that badly and still moving around like you you've already kind of crossed the threshold, but you're you're not allowing anybody to just attempt to see what happens if he gets totally murdered, and that makes it very con- that makes it feel like you're giving him plot armor, which is like a term I hate. I do not <laughs> like using that term. I think I think that a lot of the time people should just chill because main characters don't die often in series. It's fine, deal with yeah. it. But um. Here, there's a point where you are creating scenarios specifically around the fact that, like, okay, I need we need Michael to get up and keep keep going and not yeah. have to address the fact that, like, he almost got his head chopped off. One, it would have made more sense if Karen were like, "I just have to get now now that I have stabbed him and he's fallen down, I have to get my daughter out of here." But instead, her directive is, "And now I can take off his mask." Yeah. Now it's time to see who you really are. <laughs> Old man, <laughs> Michael Myers. Yeah, correct me if I I'm wrong. You were shape. I don't. I don't think we've had this complaint too often in the other Halloween movies of characters are just acting stupid, right? No, or or if they were, it, it felt like well, that's the kind of movie this is. They're they're drunk or they're stupid yeah. teenagers. Like the closest we get is like Laurie shouldn't have dropped the knife the second time in the original film. Yeah, but even that you can almost drum up to like she's terrified or whatever. Yeah, it's, she's it's in not... shock. She's about to have right. forty years worth of PTSD. What do you think? <laughs> right. Most of the time, he's he's slicing his way through humans who are shocked to see him and and totally like yeah. taken aback. Like it's it's very different when you set it up so that he is directly facing people and still finding ways to murder them. Yeah, people who are looking for him. Yeah. Yeah, one, like in, and, in Halloween Four, you have the uh, a much better critique of vigilante, vigilante, vigilante justice, um, where they they murder a, some hapless dude uh, trying to shoot at Michael Myers in the bushes, 
And then later right. on, he sneaks up on them in their own truck. And they do the smart thing. They drive away from the place where they last saw Michael Myers, but he hides out in their truck while they're like checking out the place and then murders them all. Murders all the, the uh, mob that formed to try and hunt him down um, before they like have a chance to understand what's happening. So like, that's how you do it is you, you show the characters doing the thing that makes the most sense for like a, that makes enough sense that a movie viewer is not going to question it. Yeah. And then you still have the villain be creative and the villain find ways to, to kill them ideally without teleporting around. Um, right. Which is a problem in this and also uh, H2O. So, <laughs> you know, taking I, you to task. I thought it was really <laughs> neat in Halloween four when Donald Pleasance finally shows up at the police department. And he's like, where is Sheriff Brackett? I have to talk to him. And they're like, oh, no, he moved away. He's like, he's like in a completely different state, you know, because his daughter was brutally murdered in this town. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was that was cool that they didn't shoehorn in Sheriff Brackett. Didn't the yeah, isn't that in the red letter media? They like show the clips back to back of. I think uh, probably <laughs> it also um, creates this question because Brackett doesn't seem that much older than Laurie in this movie. Yeah. So wait it, it was it was the actor who played bracket oh was it yeah oh okay also they included footage from halloween 2 they briefly sh- cut back to the scene where he goes home and as they're wheeling uh... annie's dead body out oh okay which i thought was strange that they were yeah. like all right halloween 2 didn't happen and happened this other way except for this single moment was the exact same this this movie has a strange relationship with lore yes um because it's very slavishly pulling back random bit characters from the very first movie why is the nurse there why the is, is there. why is she hanging out in Haddonfield? oh i have things to say she's <sighs> there for half Dr. the movie Lynn. and dies and we'll talk yeah. about that um the yeah like lonnie and tommy and Lindsay. Uh, Lindsay. Lindsay. was Ooh. lonnie in the original movie yes he is the kid that was bullying tommy and call, falls um he causes him to fall on the pumpkin when they're at the school oh. and, and and then also he's at the michael myers house which is something that they do reference in this where he's like i never actually went inside the myers house um, right, and that's right. the scene where where Donald Pleasance is off in the corner in the bush. He's going, Lonnie, oh, get away yeah. from there. And Which then he is... smiles to himself as Lonnie runs away terrified. <laughs> but then in this but... one, Lonnie was bullied as well. I guess it's a cycle. Yeah. Yeah, I think the but idea the is just has the older kids are bullying him. Britain. Yeah, such as uh, Child's Play came out 10 years earlier than it actually did. <laughs> hey, did you um, find it interesting how this this character has like kind of kind of severe issues with bullying and and the fact that you know he he is like a cycle of bullying and then he goes into the myers house finally and then he just dies didn't you find that interesting wasn't that compelling drama uh they they do establish that dylan arnold's dad is lonnie in the last one because toby huss is talking about it which is which is nice i like that they do that at least that was some good retconning so it is so like pulling together this group of characters and they all hang out but not with Lori. somehow Lori never never connected with this group and also we don't like they can they feel restricted to only use characters from the first movie but they for example reference uh halloween 3 uh which is a big 
fun part of this. Britt, did you catch this? Because we this is something that Alex and I thought. Oh, you was it the three masks? Yes. Yeah. They, yeah. They I told have you. The three... th- these things comes in waves. Those masks are hot again. I told you. <laughs> I told you this months ago. Yeah. It's true. You did. <laughs> um, the three masks from Halloween, which Michael Myers then puts on dead bodies. That's fun. Yeah. It's a nice callback. So there, there's bits and pieces here that go back to movies that aren't canon anymore. But they're so determined to find a group of characters that we can care about from just that first movie. Mm. When there's no reason you can't just have... You can make this the end game of Halloween or the Infinity War of Halloween <laughs> movies and just be like... Uh, they never experienced Michael Myers in this timeline, but now Buster Rhymes is back. Now oh, man. Buster uh, Rhymes owns the bar. I don't know. Yeah. Now, yeah. now you got. Uh, well, it looks like Principal Danielle Harris has something to say. Yeah. Sure. Uh, why not? R- Rachel from Halloween Four and Five. Like. Yeah. yeah. You can you can pull characters in, and just be like, "Hey, this is a part of your character." Like, like you can have that be a fun reference. Yeah. Uh, when the movie can't decide if it really cares a lot about the the history of all these other movies, or if it just wants to be a follow up to right the twenty eighteen and the original, which is still like if you're if you're watching these movies right and you're watching them in the David Gordon Green canon, you watch Halloween and then you watch Halloween. It's not right. It's not okay. I'm still bothered by this. Um, yeah. I, they they anyway. go back and they do a, a uh, specialized edition of, of Halloween 2018 and they just call it like Halloween is. <laughs> Halloween, Halloween again. Halloween wishes. Um, <laughs> Halloween wishes. The new fragrance from L'Oreal. Uh, L'Oreal. Do they do fragrances? They do now. Probably. Yeah. I I was gonna I say about... the the new the new fragrance from Loomis Pharmaceuticals. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand. What's what's the I Halloween spr- three company? You, you spray it six Sh- times. Uh, silver silver six shamrock. Times. Silver I shamrock spritzed fragrance. myself six times and she loved me. <laughs> Which is another thing, is that this movie has a character say Doctor Loomis shot him yep. shot Michael multiple times, but they don't say six. I know. In- say instant six. <laughs> instant F. Yeah. Or oh. instant A if he had said six. Hey, like, honestly, yeah, just say it. He shot him six times. It's right there. Um, I want to talk about the car scene. So, hmm. Lindsay, same actress. Good to see her. How you doing, Kyle? And uh, Marion, the nurse, the nurse from the original movie, and the hilarious comedy guy who's so funny, and his wife. They're all in a car. And they're they're out looking. This is part of the vigilante. They're like, we're a vigilante mob, and we're gonna take down Michael Myers because we all watched season two of Riverdale, and Archie had a great idea in that season. So we're gonna do Archie. Was it but to then, take down Michael Myers? Essentially. And okay. then I'm honestly not exaggerating. Um, and then uh, uh, Tyler, Tyler, whenever you get a a comic book writing career. Um, Mm-hmm. I, I want you to write that comic. I want you to write the Archie Halloween crossover. Archie, we've we've got yeah, we've got Archie meets the Punisher, and now we've got Archie meets Michael Myers. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, but then, uh, 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 
Tommy pulls a a a Sandy from SpongeBob, and he's like, "You go downtown. All Alpha Team searches uptown. Gold Team searches downtown, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and splits them all up." And so the the team of Lindsay, Nurse, Funny Guy, his wife, the nurse go, is the one going. Gold Team rules. <laughs> <laughs> they they go to the uh they they they're driving around, and they see these two kids who are horrible at a playground. Lindsay gets out to tell him to leave. They see Michael Myers. Oh yeah, there because there's the setup with the the uh oh I swallowed a, a razor blade right 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 oh yeah. which is actually the... I want to say that was the scene where I went oh this something's wrong <laughs> yeah but then so so so, Mi- <laughs> so Michael <laughs> is attacking Lindsay and she tries to kind of fight him off but then he ends up going back to the car. Marion's rolled up the windows, locked the doors. Nobody's getting in here. In a Ford? No way. And so Michael throws something at the windshield, so she shoots the windshield. Every time he hits a window, she shoots a window, and it shatters then immediately. And only making it easier for Michael to get into the car. He gets in the car, and they're wrestling, and she points a gun at him, and she says, This one's for Dr. Loomis. And she's out of bullets because she shot the windows out. So he's attacking her. Hilarious guy's like, I'm dressed as a doctor. I know what to do. Strangle with the stethoscope. Sure, I buy that. Strangle, strangle, strangle. Michael stabs him in the eye to his brain. He makes a lot of jerky motions that were really unsettling. Dies. But then his wife comes in. Oh, yeah. Because she said earlier, I know how to shoot a gun. So she walks up to the car where Michael is and starts shooting the headlights only. <laughs> but I, I think you need to add a little bit before you finish this this off. She manages to get out of the car and just runs yes. away. And we have no right. idea what happens to her for the majority of the scene until just at the end. She's like, OK, I'm back now. Yeah, exactly. So she walks up and Michael is now sitting in the car and she's point blank, big old gun pointed at Michael Myers and she says, I'm going to take you down, Michael Myers. Michael opens the car door, pops her in the wrist. Her hand turns around, pointing the gun at her. She shoots herself in the head. My jaw dropped. They did it. (laughs) They did it. All right, movie, you did that. They said it couldn't be done. (laughs) And I was like, how is this a movie? (laughs) But it happened. And uh, Lindsay lived, which is cool. Um, We got to save one of the original characters for the third film. Don't worry, she'll die yeah. in the opening scene. It's fine. Oh, sh- after she kisses him, probably. No, the opening scene is her showing up to the Myers house and being like, Allison, are you okay? I'm going to go upstairs. And it's just, it's just a series of people continuing to show up to the Myers house and going upstairs and dying. That's the third <laughs> film. Look, Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis said the third film was going to piss a lot of people off, and I think I know exactly how they're going to do it. Jar Jar's in it. <laughs> then they're going to introduce Buster Rhymes, and he's going to go to the Myers house and die. They're going to bring back every character. They rip off Curtis's son from uh, Halloween H2O. Yeah. If if Halloween Ends has the courage to bring Buster Rhymes in, I might go see it in a theater. <laughs> Britain, of course, they're going to rip off the, the, the mask, and it's going to be Jar Jar underneath, right? <laughs> yeah. Me- Misa, Michael Meesers? That's stupid. That's not <laughs> Yeah, it just—I don't know. Love uh, Halloween. What costumes are y'all doing for this one? What do you have? What costumes do you have? 
Uh, I think I'm going to go as a podcaster. So like a t-shirt and gym shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, who, what are you going to do for Halloween this time? Um, I don't know, maybe like Batman. Sure. But <laughs> like a fully accurate, full on costume or just like a t-shirt and the mask? Uh, you know, like a t-shirt and mask. You know, like a t-shirt Short. and gym shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Batman <laughs> blanket uh, uh, for a cape. Yeah. Um, I think I'm gonna be Mark Spitz. I think it's time bring it back. Uh, Mark Spitz or um, may uh may, maybe uh pro- maybe Shenzi from Lion King. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna be everyone my my favorite hyena Shenzi from Lion yeah. King. Can we get we can we can all be hyenas? Actually, we should. Hey. Who's Bonsai who's, and who's Shenzi? Because I'm definitely Ed. I know I just said I'd be Shenzi, but let's be honest. <laughs> I'm definitely the one going, bleh, bleh, bleh. I don't know I the don't... difference between the hyenas. I haven't watched I, Lion King I honestly King could enough. not have told you they had names. Well, yeah, Bonsai is Cheech Marin and Shenzi is Whoopi Goldberg. There you go. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, I guess I know what we're doing next. <laughs> Don't don't make love me Halloween, watch though. Britain, don't make me watch that live action one. I I have I have managed to stay away from all of the Disney live action movies, and I want to keep it that way. That's I actually going to be our next franchise. Is only the <laughs> Disney live action. One. Yeah, not even the, not even going to watch the originals <laughs> to compare we're, them. We're going to detour to tackle every Tarzan movie that came out, starting yeah. with when they did Cinderella, and like moving forward from that era. <laughs> like, that that would be funny if they. If they did like an Infinity War with all of the live action Disney remakes and they're like, and the Legend of Tarzan, the Warner <laughs> Brothers movie. <laughs> did they make two George of the Jungles? Uh, now and then? Ooh. They, well, there's the Brendan Fraser one. And then I think there was like a straight to video sequel. I think so. maybe, I, maybe I'm still thinking of Tarzan. How many Tarzan? There's also Jungle to Jungle with Tim Allen. Yeah. Which I always could maybe what you're thinking of. So, no, I think I, I'm looking up. I mean, it's a, it's so, a prequel to Santa Claus Three because uh, Martin Short's in that too. Is it is it that there were two Jungle Book? Movies? There were yeah, there yes. was Jungle Book, and then Andy Serkis okay. made Mowgli. Okay, and then there are two Tarzan, or just one Tarzan movie. I think there was an animated one that was made. There, there are there yeah. are two George of the Jungles. The second one is George of the Jungle Two. Well, um, but. I'm I'm talking about yeah. this this era of like the live action Disney. Re- Did Disney do a Tarzan remake? No. Okay. No, not yet. Michael Carr well, Duncan plays Well, we can still do the new Tarzan line. movie. Yeah. And wow. then we'll do both oh, both Jungle Book movies. This is a uh, great Halloween discussion. <laughs> guys, Britain, Britain, can you what is your can you say your fifth favorite Halloween candy but also make it fictional? Yeah, uh that would probably be um oh gosh okay wait fifth all right fifth. <laughs> no my four and five are are kind of they switch uh places a lot depending uh-huh. on like what i've just eaten mm-hmm. and the last thing i ate was uh some yogurt so the only way to follow up yogurt is with a bit of funny um a bit of funny is like it's like a, a bit of honey but it's got a little joke in it <laughs> 
You know, like Laffy Taffy, and then you open up and you're like, what kind of, uh, what's the favorite restaurant for a Dracula? Or at least favorite restaurant, it's a steak one. And I'm like, that's not nothing. But bit of funny is like that, but it's all like old Stephen Wright jokes. So you open it up and it says, I poured spot remover on my dog, now he's gone. <laughs> it's not a bad joke. But also you get a little candy and it tastes like cinnamon only. That sounds like my uh, my third favorite Halloween candy, uh, really tiny fortune cookies. <laughs> <laughs> we you gotta get you gotta get the the microscope to yeah. to read them. Yeah, you get out the magnifying glass. That uh, live act. Yeah, the fortunes still aren't really fortunes. It's still like, hey, you can do everything you set your mind to. Or, <laughs> be nice. Be nice to your dad. Yeah. Or or. Uh, Today is a good day. <laughs> it's like what? That's not. It's it's nine o'clock. I've just ordered sad Chinese food. Why? You know, like you know, Tyler. It's it's funny you mentioned that. I had one of those this morning, but but it said don't watch Halloween Kills, and I was like, ah, oh, beans. I've already done that. <laughs> well, don't watch there's, it again. There's a joke from the good first, w- the the first time they made a live action series of The Tick. There's a joke where he eats a fortune cookie without opening it, and then he pulls the fortune out of his mouth, and he goes. <gasps> A secret message from my teeth. It's a pretty good joke. Pretty good joke. Hey, uh, speaking of speaking of jokes, go ahead. Uh, I would like to uh, change my original pitch for the Halloween 2018 title. It should instead be called Halloween Again. <laughs> but it, but it's like earlier. But it's like with an intero bang. Halloween again. <laughs> I Halloween look, again. Look, they want to repeat titles, <laughs> so can we. <laughs> That's fair. It's Halloween again, but it's Matthew Perry and Zach Efron are in this yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I got I got you, Tyler. Uh I speaking of great jokes, man, how how funny is this movie, huh? How funny. Should we talk about Big John and Little John? Oh, that's exactly where I was heading, boys. Okay. Oh man. We gotta so, talk about them and we gotta talk about drone couple. Oh my god, drone couple. Um yeah, this so, movie this movie basically takes the the thing that we talked about in the last film where it's like you have the the quirky son t- telling his dad how he wants to go dancing inst- instead of hunting or you have Julian and his babysitter. I mean, we like Julian quite a bit, but that was just cuz the actor, the child actor was funny. Yeah. Um or you have the two cops sitting outside uh Lori's house talking about sandwiches and then going and getting killed. And they just took that because unanimously it was the best part parts of, of that that last movie um everyone said it uh totally uh and then they were like all right we got to step it up a notch that's all that's that's that, that's that's <laughs> no, my yeah, bite that's my normally, biting commentary for this <coughs> evening folks thank you normally when we reach about the 15 minute mark i'll look and i'll be like okay we're kind of wrapping up or or i'll be like oh we got you know good ways to go <laughs> this feels like we haven't even begun to unpack this movie like i yeah. feel like we haven't even started to unravel what's happening inside it's almost yeah. like we talked about candy there for a while well i will say uh, but but to, to your point alex this movie is constantly moving over to focus on not even tertiary characters and to spend a lot of time with them and there is there is something to be said for spending a little time with a victim before they're just killed um it makes it ostensibly to give it a little more impact 
But it helps uh, when the victims have something to do with the plot and aren't right. literally just props to be stabbed. Right. That then make all of that buildup feel like you didn't, I, there's more time I didn't need to spend watching the movie. Right. And it, it kind of reminds me of Juzo Itami's Tampopo, which I've recommended on the show before and I love it, which is a movie about there's a main plot, but then you constantly di- diverge into these vignettes, but they all thematically are woven into the greater tapestry of the movie and it's beautiful and but this movie does that but just sort of like we don't know what to do with the hospital so what if a gay couple got high and then some kids were mean to them and then they died we'll do that for a while yeah they get three or four scenes yeah and i i was genuinely hoping that they would just kill michael myers i was hoping that 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 would be how that is is if it's just like a subversion and they just like managed to take him out yeah, and I don't know what you do with the rest of the movie at that point, but that would be successful. That would be like, all right, well, yeah, um, or because, have, or if you want to do something, you know, actually related to the plot, have one of them get killed and the other decides to join the mob. Something. Yeah, like we said with the the podcasters, like right. Yeah, you're, you're introducing these two characters, spending a lot of time on their dynamic and relationship, and then you're not letting either of them carry that anywhere. It's just like no. Nope, yeah both dead well it's 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 funny Um, thinking about it in in terms of the last film because that you know we discussed that seems like a byproduct of multiple scripts and they have like a lot of ideas and they just kind of want to you know put it all out there and it like it it doesn't it's not super cohesive but it's fine we've we've just got all these ideas out on the page um this one it it feels like it's no, no 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 that's that's just the way they write these they they yeah. just write whatever. It doesn't matter if it's it forms a cohesive piece or not, as long as it just makes for scenes that happen in the film. Yeah. Um it's also really distracting because Big John, I think, is played by somebody who looks a little bit like Danny McBride and is yeah. acting as if Danny McBride is standing there and telling him how he would showing him how he would do a particular line or scene. It's really strange. Like it is like if you've seen, I don't know. um, Danny McBride movies. It felt like outtakes from this is the end. This is the end is the one I think I'm, I'm most thinking of is like, it really felt like David Gordon Green was like, Hey, my buddy, Danny McBride. Is it, it, he's a producer. Or a writer, also a writer. I Both. know he co-wrote the first one. It, yeah, it, he it co-wrote feels this like, one too. Which okay. it feels like he's like, hey, this is a joke in joke for us. Act this like Danny McBride, and I'm like, why not just have Danny McBride be a silly? That would yeah. be infinitely more interesting, at least, because then it's like, okay, you found an excuse. You you've you've kind of almost convinced us that this is supposed to be a comedy. If you have a random character pop up and then get killed off, who is like played by some silly uh comedic guy uh yeah i don't know i mean i don't know if i mean the one thing i could think of is if maybe the actors um both are actually gay maybe that was something they wanted to do in which case good on them i guess for not having characters who aren't gay portray gay characters but also you murder them anyway you're not create you're not you know doing like good representation or creating like a nuanced approach they're very like stereotypical so it's like well what yeah what was the point right well, it's similar to how the black couple dies, the interracial couple dies. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. which again, I I appreciate that the sh- that the movie wasn't making a huge deal out of this. They were just presenting citizens of the town. 
Yeah. And like very it was which is good. Like we don't the the drone couple is an interracial couple and they don't spend the whole time going Hey, do we have any Cheez-Its? No, we haven't had Cheez-Its back since people tried to deny us a marriage license. Sure. You know, they're not like just hammering the stuff in, they're just presenting life. But then all of those bits of of things that are not unusual in the world but are not commonly portrayed as normal in movies, they all die. <laughs> yeah. It almost feels like they got baked when they were writing the script and they were just like, all right, we need a horror scene. Like, it's 15 minutes in. We need something. What's the gimmick? Uh, old couple, they're, they got a drone. They're flying a They don't know what they're doing with the drone. It's cheese. It's... Uh, Gary, Gary, the assistant, can you get us some cheeses? I need some cheese. I'm hungry, man. Let's write this scene. <laughs> Gary, the assistant. And that scene in particular is very alarming very early on because they go into, or they, the guy goes into their bathroom um, because they hear somebody in the bathroom. And he opens the door, and it's Michael Myers, and he kills them. Yeah. It's not a fake out. It's not building tension. We are 15 minutes into the movie. And we just, it's like, hey, Michael Myers is probably there. Yeah, we, we were right. That's Michael Myers. Okay, yeah. he's killed him. <laughs> it's yeah. the weirdest lack of care to try to build any sort of suspense, try to create any sort of tension. I, I don't understand the, how they, There's no I don't subtlety. I, I don't get it. There's no subtlety because because Michael Myers is just like constantly on the hunt for people. There's no like. There's not the the moment where somebody looks out a window and just sees him standing there, you know? Yeah, right. We Like, I'm almost thinking like if, if the couple was messing around with the drone, you keep the scene roughly the same and they're facing one way and you and, and but the camera's framed. So we see behind them and through the window, you can see Michael yeah. just standing out there watching them and he yeah. just kind of moves out of frame. Something as simple as that. But yeah, that that setup of just like, oh, he's he's in the bathroom and then he just violently kills them. I will say that at least that scene didn't take a long time to establish them and their dynamic. Sure. sure. At least it's like, these are Michael's next victims. Here they are. It's kind of silly. He wants Cheez-Its. She's got a drone. That old saw. And then... How did yeah, you guys... I think she was the woman from the cemetery in the first movie. I think she's... Or at least it's the same actress. I don't know if it's supposed to be the same character. Who oh, was okay. showing the podcast around, yeah. Well, that's Sorry. something at least. Huh. And yeah. I do appreciate that the uh, the other mental patient that they're chasing around is in the first film. Right, right. I really, really like that. And that's the kind of pieces of like, okay, you're pulling from your past films and kind of you're improving upon them. You're you're trying to build yeah, something yeah. from them instead of just, we don't know what we're doing. Um. Yeah, I just... I, I had a hard time really getting invested in the movie when so many of the opening scenes were just complete filler. Yeah. And it I, I remember, because like I said, we stopped the movie about 75 minutes in, and I, I looked at Tyler and I was like, we we have like less than half an hour. How I don't feel like we've even started the story yet. Right. Yeah. It was a very strange experience watching it. It was it was far more enjoyable watching it at home, just you know, being able to 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 riff on it, but it was baffling all the same. So by the end of the movie, who of the main crew is still alive? Just Lori, Allison, Hawkins. Is that it? Lindsay. Oh, Lindsay, yeah. Cause I know Tommy and Is Ka she? Does she escape? I I think they get her to the hospital, yeah. 
Yeah, because she manages okay. to hide from Michael after the car uh, right. snafu. That was, and then they just that take... That was another thing. Yeah, they take her to that the hospital, scene, and then she's out of the movie, yeah. That scene is weirdly reminiscent of the, the Nazgul standing over... <laughs> oh, yeah! ...the roots while the hobbits are hiding underneath. And I was really ro- wondering if that was a reference, because Michael Myers is standing over the edge. like it. Yeah. it I did have like the a, joke... I did have the joke of like, oh, no, no, we need the scene where it's Lori, Lindsay, the nurse, and Tommy all under it, and then Michael's on a horse. <laughs> Haddonfield like a- strode. <laughs> it was a weird symmetry, and I was like, is yeah. this an homage? Don't, don't totally understand. Quite um, possibly. How did you guys feel about the violence? Because I, I almost felt like Rob Zombie Michael Myers stepped into the film. There were there was a part after he kills Cheez-It Man and has all but killed Drone Woman. We watch him just putting the knives, like pincushioning knives into the man. So we see him, mm-hmm. we see him building the murder prank, which in this case takes away whatever horror is in the murder prank for me. But also, she's just having to watch her husband be repeatedly stabbed after he's died. That did feel a little Rob Zombie-ish to me. Yeah. I, none, of, none of it hit the depth of, by depth I mean, like, pit of of a Rob Zombie violent. But it was still, it was a little it, much for me at times. I would say it's it's all generally more interesting than watching big Rob Zombie. Oh, yeah. Michael Myers stab people over and over and over again. Um, because it is, like, it's... And this is the the element that Alex you kind of touched on, uh, but we haven't really talked about. It is a well directed movie. Sure, yeah. tr- it looks good. Like it is yeah. a movie that looks pretty solid. Um, it is. I think the the special effects and the practical effects for the violence are yeah. always pretty good. Um, and there is some creative kills. He does stab the drone woman with a fluorescent light that he's broken yeah. in half, which is horrifying. Um, he, yeah, he murders his way through all of the uh, firemen with, I forget what he's using to kill them all. It's, is it, it's, it's an axe. Is yeah, it an it's, axe? A, it's a fire axe. Yeah. It's a Which fire axe. Like the- and then one of them has like a chainsaw or something, right? And he grabs it oh, and God, like yes. kills the guy yeah. with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, And then at the end, he, uh, he just like slaughters everybody with their own weapons in the, the mob. Um, there's some, if Rob Zombie's Michael Myers kill people like this, I think I'd look at those movies a little better because at least there is interesting thought put into how it's happening. And that that is yeah. the most like baseline level of what we look for in these movies or what anybody should be looking for in these movies is, oh, was it kind of neat the way that he killed people? Right, but at right. least there's something to latch onto there. Um, and that's what I was thinking as well as like, as we're, we probably still got a few more things to talk about, but. Uh, as we're approaching the the end or the third act of this podcast, I do think, it, as much as we're ragging on it, I don't think it quite hits the depths of this franchise. Um, no, 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 no. Mostly because of that the craft and the fact that it, it it is a very competent movie from a direction standpoint. Yeah. Um. The I mean, you could argue that because Dave Gordon Green was also a writer, like that ties into it and maybe maybe takes away from some of that and how effective he was at making the movie but like it looks good it's got good effects um 
there there is visceral stuff that I think is pretty effective. Yeah, the um, performances are fine. You know, yeah. yeah, no one's amazing, but no one's terrible. Yeah, um, so I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Um. Do we want to talk about the scene where they uh attack the mental patient? Yes. I feel like we should. Um, He looks like Arkham uh, vs. Penguin, and that was distracting to me. (laughs) Um, I saw a a friend of mine show me a post today that said Joe Rogan looks like he would yell, It's DeBat! in an Arkham game. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't. It's true. So now that's what Um, I'm thinking about. But yeah, he did. And yeah, he he did look like, and a little bit like Lee Arenberg in uh, the Pirates movies. Is it Rigetti or the other one? Sure. Yeah, that yeah, that fits. With the hair. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Now I'm not going to be able to unsee that. Anyways, um it's interesting how comparing the scene where the mob basically chases him down versus like the setups for the kills. Two completely different styles. And that's what I it felt like such severe whiplash in terms yeah. of tone. Because the the mob scene like is uh, is played completely straight. It's all super serious, which it should be. I I like that. Ultimately, I like that how that that you know that entire sequence is handled. I just kind of wish it was in a different movie. Yeah, because compared to you know basically setting up these quirky characters with jokes and stuff, and then they get brutally murdered, and and then you jump to this story and like everything's super serious and depressing. And then you don't really get any repercussions for the mob. I mean, I know Michael ultimately does kill them, but that's not that's not what I mean. Yeah, yeah. The, that's not a oh the mob. Like was Tommy wrong should to be arrested immediately twice. after that, right? He incited a mob. Yeah. yeah. The the mob should like disperse. Like that should be the point where everyone realizes like a oh, crap we messed up. Yeah, I do like um, the fact that we have Karen actively trying to get ahead of the mob and trying to help him escape. Yeah, I like definitely. that. And Lori, and I think I was talking over this bit, so I missed it. But there's a wonderful bit where Lori and Karen are both trying to stop the mob. And she goes, you effing sheep. And I was just <laughs> yeah. like, oh, that's good. That was really oh, good. And, and Lori like uh, knees a doctor in the stomach at one point. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the i think i don't know part of the problem with all of it is again going back to how this is probably going to feel a lot more like it's supposed to belong with the next movie than the previous movie um all of that stuff comes in partway through this movie um and you could have started seeding that in the last one as people are being discovered dead um that that could have built and there could have been more of that but in this one, all of it comes out of nowhere, and it's so centered on what happened 40 years ago when it should really be about, like, oh, hey, he's killed a bunch of people. Um, you know, like, the like they should really tie it more, I think, to the firemen. Like, we have people who lo- were loved ones of the firemen, and they're, they're leading the charge. Like All the, the families that- of the dead firefighters go and confront the police that are at the hospital or something. Yeah, the fact that we have this weird core cast duct tape together from the original movie 
that we introduce in this movie and who apparently are still convinced that Michael Myers is going to come back at some point and meet up every Halloween to talk about it and how they're going to be ready for him. Uh, that is such a weird angle to shove into this movie when you could have this mob arc and this, this um, kind of justice of the people issue be happening out of the events of the last movie and leading into this one as more, more bodies show up and, and people are more and more freaked out. Um, but instead it's like, it's led by all these people who experienced this thing 40 years ago and are still traumatized when a lot of them weren't really even near what happened necessarily. Right. Right. Like Lonnie, Lonnie was not involved. Yeah, yeah, we have to retcon Lonnie's involvement. Involvement of like, oh no, he did see Michael Myers. Yeah, He's, he he survived an encounter as yes. uh, where as where Tommy Michael Myers it. looked at him threateningly. Yeah, Tommy was upstairs hiding, uh, and I don't believe ever saw anything before the police found him. Um, like, yeah. and I guess Lindsay as well. Mm. Same deal. Yeah, it, I, it's kind of funny when they're doing the open mic at the bar, and then Tommy gets up there and he's like. <sighs> 40 years ago, Michael Myers killed a bunch of people. It's just like, it's very, very dark. Yes. Um, and the part where he tells Lori, you protected me 40 years ago, so now I'm going to protect yeah. you. That was, I like that, that vacuum moment. Yeah. Going back to Tyler's point, I think having Lori so separate from these characters that we're trying to pull back from the first one, I think that's really where the, the issue lies. Yeah. Because if the idea is supposed to be like, you know, every Halloween, they all meet up at this bar and just kind of not necessarily reminisce, but they kind of just, you know, they're there for each other on this, you know, this horrible night that, you know, that they all experienced many years ago. I think that would have been a nice detail to add of like, oh, no, this time Lori was supposed to meet them at the bar. Like, this is a thing they do every year, but she didn't because Halloween 2018 happened. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Because, like, having these characters show up in the second film and then all they do is just form an angry mob, there's no character progression for anyone. Like, Tommy, I have no idea what his character is. Yeah. It kind of and feels like, like he's just been waiting to rile an angry mob and <laughs> is yeah. a big fan of angry mobs. I'm like, Anthony Michael Hall, fine actor, of course, we've seen yeah. him in other good things, but... Like, I don't know why he's in this movie. And I'm just imagining it like, apparently they did say, you know, at one point we did consider bringing Paul Rudd back to play Tommy. I'm like, that would have been a complete waste, too. I but think that could have been more interesting, at least. To watch like, Paul Rudd get an angry mob together. Well, just, ha Paul Rudd just having can... Paul Rudd play angry for a whole movie doesn't seem super no, interesting I, to me. I think uh... if you use Paul Rudd, you have to make it a little comedic, and then yeah. you can play into the weird sensibilities in the movie overall. Sure. Right. Um, but in, yeah, you, instead you have a very angry man who's just going around being very angry and has, I mean, justification, but also, I, do... I don't know it. I do like how both uh, both timeline versions of Tommy, kind of older Tommy that we've experienced, they're both just creeps that like monologuing. <laughs> I appreciate <Yeah>. that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you could have like Michael Pena in the movie too, and he's like explaining everything that happened to Tommy. <laughs> yeah, Lori was a. Uh, Lori's all upset, and she's kind of like a Sarah Connor now. What? 
Yeah, it's crazy. Her uh, sink can move <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> uh. This did come off to me in some ways, like um, like Terminator Dark Fate also. That's another kind of comparison that came into my mind uh, in terms of you're just repeating the same exact beats and mistakes from all of the previous films. It's like you've learned nothing. And especially after Halloween 2018, it's just, it's shocking. And, you know, we went back and watched it and like the seeds are there. You can see where the cracks in the armor are showing that just kind of get exploited in this film. But, you know, it does still work as a movie in a way that this just doesn't. It just kind of falls apart. The, the, the triumvirate of things to compare Halloween kills to. Game of Thrones, Last Jedi, Terminator Dark Fate. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, I see. I see the constellation. Can we can we pull an X-Men Apocalypse real quick? Can we go can <laughs> we go for one more? <laughs> no. Son of the Mask. <laughs> Garfield, a tale of two kitties. Yeah. Uh The Haunted Mansion starring Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I think I've I've said my piece on it. I mean, Tyler, the the score is amazing. I know you already kind of uh stated that at the beginning. I just want to reiterate, uh, score is awesome. Uh, as one last thought on the random quirky characters, I would really love to see, and and there's probably horror movies like this. I'm not like the most well versed horror genre aficionado. Uh, so if you if I if I explain this and then you're like oh that's this movie then uh, send it my way I would really like to see a horror movie that establishes tension for these random side characters that are going to get killed off by the big the slasher villain uh, by just having them like live normal lives and us the tension is just that we know that there's a slasher villain hiding around somewhere who ends up coming out at the end of the scene and killing them like as, I, I want I want a Kelly Reichardt. Uh, Halloween, where they're just all oh, they're just hanging out. Yep. It's it's very matter of fact. It's it's just you know going about their business. They're they're stressed about work yep. or whatever, and then it just ends with them getting murdered. Like that, I feel is I, I joked about that, but that's infinitely more interesting yeah. to me, and seems like it would be a lot more effective than trying to play up memorable things. It, then if you just have it, it, like if you can put yourself in the shoes of oh yeah this this character is yes. you know struggling to get home, they're stressed about work. You know, and, yeah. and it's it's portrayed as realistically as possible as just like a slice of life this person before they get murdered. Like I feel like that that's really where this movie goes wrong is that it it tries so hard to um make things about the importance of the characters almost not just the quirky characters but the the core characters and Lori there there's so much focus on their on on raising them up and how legendary these characters have to be because they're all from the first movie right it's like no just the first movie is about the villain and is about this small town being rocked by tragedy and and how that could happen anywhere in the u.s or across the world why why, like no these are not lessons i think you just answered your your own uh question tyler i think it's the original halloween maybe yeah i mean that's probably the closest it comes and that's Does, i think maybe why i find it so effective is because it's just like oh these teens i mean the teens are a little obnoxious but they're they're just being I, dumb teenagers I, I know that the characters are in kind of an extreme situation but does the thing count they're just <laughs> doing their job and this thing well, shows up 
what I'm thinking of, what I'm really <laughs> thinking of, and, and why I say like Kelly Reichardt is like the just showing like a character in an office, like yeah, sure. just like working nine to five, uh, and feels like they could be a real person. I don't know. How does Michael choose his victims? He seems to only kill certain women. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. Uh, great movie. Halloween cow. <laughs> that would be great. I taste Haddonfield in this cake. I love that movie. Are we grading this sucker? I think so. Um, I'm going to give it a D plus, which is the same grade that I gave to both Halloween five and Halloween six. I think technically speaking, it's, you know, it, it's very well made. And like I said, I love that the flashback sequences, it's just, it's a disaster of a story and it's just kind of aimless and filler and very, very stupid. So D plus. Alex, can you, what did I give five and six? Uh, five, you gave an F plus and six, you gave a D plus. D for me. Okay. I'm going to go D minus. Uh, Interesting. Mostly saved from an F by the... Like, I don't want to say that I liked it. The fact that I cannot really definitively say much about Halloween 6 and why I do or do not like it more than uh, sorry, Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers and why I do li- or do not like it more than uh, Halloween kills, I think establishes well why they're both in the D range for me. So I will leave it at that. Yeah. Joseph, thank you for sacrificing your Peacock account so that we might all be saved. That now Peacock thinks you watched Halloween kills twice <laughs> <laughs> and loved it. Well, I think I three times, see. actually. I, yeah, I gotta unpack this. I think, yeah, I think three times because Joseph watched it before we did. Oh, yeah. see, there you go. Then, all right. You know what else? Uh, somebody here has watched three times. It's go Alex's on. recommendation time. <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, uh, there's yeah, no time it. to recommend. <laughs> uh, no time to die. I watched it again, and Tyler saw it, so he can briefly say that he liked it. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I've seen it several times, and I'm probably going to see it once or twice more in the theater. Because, uh, smoke them while you got them. No time to die. <laughs> Tyler, rebuttal? <laughs> looks concerned. Uh, yeah, that I, I will also I will recommend for the first time, No Time to Die. Um, I think it's really good. I think it's really, really good. Uh, I would like to see it again. Um, don't know when I will, but... Um, I it definitely resonated with me upon a first watch more than I think any Bond movie has. So, um, and a lot of that I think goes to Kerry Fukunaga. Um, I am a huge True Detective season one fan. Um, I don't know that he's done much else. I think we had this conversation, Alex, after watching. He did a, uh, I think he did a version of Jane Eyre that was pretty well received. And and he also did uh, with a with with Michael Fassbender. Is it Beasts of No Nation, the Idris Elba right. film? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. So I, 
I feel like I need to track that down because so far two for two on like things that I really, yeah. really enjoyed. Yeah, no nations and, on, on Netflix. And I have to imagine a huge uh portion of the things that we enjoyed in the first it movie come from him. Sure. Oh, did he direct that before Muschietti he, took over? Yeah, he was he was supposed to do it. Yeah. Oh wow. And I think wrote the script maybe. I think he's got a story <laughs> credit on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, and I the the other only thing I would say about it uh about No Time to Die is that I think it has a lot of surprises that I was not expecting them to be conservative with in the trailers. I figured that the trailers would mostly give away a lot of what happens. Uh I'm sure there's shots that come from later in the movie. It feels like nothing in the trailers is from past the halfway point. Like just just watching the movie and having seen that trailer a handful of times, um, there were no moments where I was like, okay, we got to hit this big set piece. And there were several things that I was just completely not expecting. Um, so pretty neat. Nice. Uh, I don't have a recommendation. I went on vacation this weekend. Haven't haven't consumed a whole. I went to an art museum. I didn't get it, but I went there, and uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, I so I'll just name some stuff I like. I like Giuseppe and Jurgen on this season of Great British Bake Off. I like the town or city of Charlotte, North Carolina, where I took my vacation. Treated me real right. Um, I like. Uh, the book Fledgling by Octavia Butler. Just read that. That's got some vampire stuff in it that you're not used to seeing. And I recommend, actually, I do recommend that book. It's a pretty cool book. And um, yeah, I also recommend listening to our podcast. Tyler, where can they find our podcast? You can find our podcast at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at HCT Sequels. You can email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. We are on all of them Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, Apple Music style apps have everything where you could potentially listen to a podcast we are probably there oh yeah you hear heard it here first folks britain recommends vacation i've been I alex on- <laughs> the song by the go-go's uh, uh-huh. i do like that song a lot and hey i've been britain uh i've been tyler and you for the final time this year uh are having a happy halloween Nah, dang it, we forgot Puss in Boots.